Amen. We know that you'll get it, Ryan. We have great faith and confidence in you. But you can take, we're encouraging people, you can take this lesson. How many, when I preach, you go away with a couple questions? What if you got together with other believers and talked about it? Amen. And just ways to go over it and deal with that. Praise the Lord. So good stuff. So we're excited for that coming up and kicking that off in the beginning of March. And uh, then we're also considering looking at it because that is just so important. And uh, so we're considering maybe changing our, our Sunday night prayer and opening that up for our, our home fellowship. But then on the first Sunday of the month, do a celebration Sunday night and pray together, rejoice together, pray with one another, worship God together. Amen and just kick it up a notch and do that once a month and then free up those other three nights for people to do home groups and fellowship. That'd be a good thing. Praise God. Amen. Open your Bibles up to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And this morning we're continuing on in our series on taking the leap of faith, the awesome power of faith, and really challenging us to be used by God. It is my prayer these next couple weeks and even this year for each and every one of us to be used mightily by God. God wants you. God doesn't use special people. He just uses willing people. In fact, you look at the people God used, and, and most of the time, and to most, you, you, if you went in a crowd, you just wouldn't pick them out. Oh, that's somebody great, because we pick Saul's. We pick the guys that stand head and shoulder. We pick the guys that are strongest, the handsomest, everything else. We pick the people with the most hair. We pick the people with everything. And that. But God just picks people like me. Amen. God picks people who are just willing to do it, who are just crazy enough to take a leap of faith and believe that they could be used by God. And that's all I want to impart to you. This year, 2016, is the year for you to be used by God in the greatest way that you could imagine. And that's what this is about, taking that leap of faith. Come on, to start a home group. That's a leap of faith to open up your home and let people come in and fill It's a leap of faith just to pray with another person. It just takes that leap. But that's what God asks of us. If we do it, it's amazing how he works and flows through our life. Look, at I put it on the cover of your outline. We're going to get to John 15 in just a moment. But on the cover of your outline is our key text for this. It's Hebrews 11 and verse 6. And in the New Living Translation says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Somebody said, what do you think impossible means? You think it might be, it might be possible or it might not? No, it's just impossible. Somebody said, that's impossible. And when I read emphatic statements like that in the Word of God, I pay pretty close attention to them. It doesn't say maybe, there might be another way, could be another way, that it's kind of one way. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So how many know that that's different than just believing? There are a lot of people believe in God, but they're not exercising any faith in God. They, they, they have a belief and a concept and an understanding, but faith is something totally different. And he goes on and he says this, Look, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And I shared last week, I was sincerely seeking Susan. Suzanne. I've been married to her 37 years. I still say her name wrong. Amen. She can't get rid of me, so big deal. 
Amen. But when I met her, so that's why I keep it at Sue. I never get Sue wrong. Amen. So when I met her, I decided, like I said last week, there was this other girl named Karen, and she's okay, but she wasn't Sue. And when I looked at Karen and I looked at Sue, I said, that's better. Oh, shut up. Not just in looks, but in everything. She was better. Why settle for less? All right, I'll preach over here. Talk to my beautiful wife. Amen. But anyway, I said, that's the one I want. That's the one I'm going. And I sincerely began seeking her, going after her, in pursuit of her. Even to the point, like I shared last week, I talked her into dumping her date. I volunteered to dump mine. And she followed. And so we ate her dump date's chocolate. And when you show up at the house and people are eating the chocolate, you bought another woman. Bubba, you aren't even in the game. He knew right there he would, he would disqualify. Amen. But I was seeking her. And when you go after God, there's got to be an evidence. You get, well, I like God. and do it. But no, I was pursuing. There was action. There were things happening. There, there was a choice that was made. And I wanted her, and I went after her. And when it came to God, I desire God with my life. And I want to sincerely seek him with my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I just hear, just to hear about God, talk about God. I mean, we can do that. Hey, check that out. Da, da. No, but when you want something, you go after it. All the rules change. I mean, know what I'm saying? The whole game changed. You can tell when somebody's pursuing something. Make this declaration with me today. Father, today I choose to break free from all doubts, fears, insecurities, and the lies of the devil that seek to hinder and restrain my faith in you. No longer will I be content to be a spectator in the kingdom of God. Today I choose to take the leap of faith, believing to see all that you have purposed to come to pass in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. See, for me, I never like being alone, so I would pursue relationships. I still don't like being alone. Some of you I'll contact, we'll hang out, let's get together, let's do that. You go after, you pursue things. You go after them. With God, you have to be going after God. Let me just say it to you as clearly as I can. Coming and listening about God is not always pursuing God. Just hearing sermons about doesn't mean I'm pursuing. I'm hearing about him, but it doesn't mean I'm pursuing until there's some conduct in my life that declares that I'm going after God. Now, in order for me to pursue her, I had to cut off somebody else. And I figured the cutting was worth the reward. 37 years later, Bubba made a good choice. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So watch this. John chapter 15 and verse 1. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, everybody say in me, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. How many know it's a word that prunes us? It's a word that checks us. Amen. Verse 4. Abide in me. 
And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Everybody look up here. By yourself, you can't bear fruit. There are no floating branches in the kingdom of God. The branch is either in the vine or it's not a producer. All right. Sorry for just preaching the Bible. Praise the Lord. All right. Now what? Unless it abides in the vine. That branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Amen. Before we jump into this, Tuesday night I illustrated and we talked about it a little bit more, but I wanted to do it again this morning. Jesus gives this illustration right in the middle between John chapter 13 and 14 where he's talking about, he, he goes out and he's talking to his disciples about, he's washing their feet, he's telling them about serving one another and then he starts speaking to them about going to prepare a place for them, the Holy Spirit coming, leading, guiding them into all truth and then he interrupts that and says, hey, let me talk to you about the vine and the branches and let me tell you that you, God's will for your life is that you increase and that you bear fruit. And so there's a society that clearly understands grapevine. They clearly understand that when you look out in the field, there's these wire straps and these things tied to them there and, and we see them in El Dorado County we see all these things up here like that and these great vines that are there and then you see these branches coming off these vines and they're bearing this fruit and then there's one coming up here it's not doing diddly squat and then this one's coming down here and it's bearing fruit and that and so Jesus says here's what's happening Jesus Jesus is the vine you are the branch and the father is the pruning shears of heaven. <laughs> and if you're hearing over your head, you need to duck. Because if nothing's, if this doesn't do anything, he says, you're out of here. Okay? And then, if you're like this, and it he be fruit. <laughs> and this guy comes over here to the fire. Okay? But this guy, he goes, I will help you. Chop, 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 chop. And he prunes you back so that you can bear much fruit. Amen? Now, there's no such thing as floating branches. People say, I believe in Jesus. Well, are you connected to the vine? No. Do you go to church? No. And you can find out in a moment that the vine and the church and the house, it's all the same thing. Amen? And so, what well, can't just float out here? Because look, at neither can you. The branch cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in me. And so, the leap of faith believes that in Christ, there's a supply that's flowing out of him into me, and that supply. He's not asking me to do anything of myself. By virtue of being connected, his life flows through me, and his life produces the harvest of my life. 
And all I have to do is take the leap of faith. The reason I put it up there now, because look at your outline there. Knowing and teaching faith is not the same as taking the leap of faith. Amen? And living by limits is not living by faith. What do I mean by that? We look at that and we find excuses. Well, I can't do anything. I don't know. And so when we're out here and we're flowing around, we feel that it all has to come out of us. But the moment I begin to abide, faith arises in me and say, wait a minute. He's not asking me to do it. I abide in him and his supply flows through my life and he produces a great increase. Are you with me? And so if I just take the leap of faith and dare to be used by God, amazing things begin to happen. Hear me, the Christian life is a living relationship proceeding upon a living faith in a living Savior. It is never static. Your first feeling is that it is never static. There's no such thing as just getting static, which means that I can't get to the place and say, in 1984, I did something great for God. My, my conversation can't be backward what I did one day for God. Well, you know, I used to, I used to, I used to. If I used to and I are not, I'm static. Do you understand that? If I used to, but I'm not, then I'm not producing. And Jesus says, every branch in me is to bear. And the Father comes with Wings of an angel <laughs> flying to prune you to make you fruitful. <laughs> Stay with me. I know I'm squirrely. That's what I said. If God can use me, <laughs> all right, what? But we're never static. And, and too many times you hear people, well, you know, I, I used to serve in the church. I used to do it. I, I was involved. I did do this. Now I'm just floating. I, I'm in the clouds. I, I, just, I spend just me and Jesus. And wonderful. So look at here's the Here's the paradox. Or a seeming contradiction in Scripture at times. Yet the principle, when applied, always will repay through practice. Or in other words, harvest and return. Look inside your outline. Look what Jesus said. Then he said to them, Mark chapter 4, Jesus said to them, Take heed what you hear. Can I tell you right now, is our country insane or what? I can't believe Hillary Clinton is not in prison. I can't believe Bernie Sanders is getting any votes. But he's almost winning. Our college kids, Cody came home from college and said, hey, all the kids at Chico are voting for Bernie. I go, what? And so, and so Bernie's getting elected. And Donald Trump is getting votes. We are stupid. If you think Donald Trump would be a good president, oh my gosh. Anyway, moving on. But here's what happened. Here's what happened. We are so frustrated with what's happening, we'll settle for anything that looks like change. But Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Be careful, take heed what you hear. 
Take heed what you hear. Let me just back up just a little bit on, on, on the Donald. I can talk about him because I am a Donald, all right? But in with that, with that, Donald Trump, everything Donald Trump, the only thing he has ever done is for profit for himself. He's not a public servant. He is a billionaire. When you get up and say, hey, I'm rich. I'm filthy, stinking rich. I don't need anybody's help. I can do this. I can pay for my... That means you are not a team player, Bubba. And you're going to lead our nation. We need somebody who wants to be on a team, somebody who wants to work together, somebody who's not just used to getting his own way, but somebody who's used to making sure it's good for everybody in the mix. Because when he gets his own way, when he works, he makes sure he comes out with the highest profit margin of anybody that he's working with. Do you understand that? And so everything that said, it sounds out good, but you need to look at that. And so, yes, he could do business. Yes, he's gone bankrupt four times. Yes, he's been divorced so many times. And yes, he's come back. And yes, he's done this. But I think we could find somebody with a little be- better track record than quite so many failures. Anyway, moving right along. But be careful what you hear. Why? Because with the same measure you use, it is measured back to you. If you don't think about who you're voting for intelligently then it's going to be measured back to you. If you don't think about the choices that you make in your daily life, well, why is my life fine? What are you hearing? What are you listening to? It's so important because what you hear, it is the word. It determines what kind of fruit you bear in your life. Jesus said it's the word that has made you clean. Are you hearing me this morning? So with the same measure you use to be measured back to you and to you who hear, more will be given for whoever has to him, more will be. That's exactly what the Father, look, he finds those who are bearing fruit and then he prunes them so they can bear more fruit. But then he says, look, here Jesus illustrated, but whoever does not have, even what he has is taken away from him. So the branch is just hanging around, doing absolutely nothing. Where does it go? It gets taken away and placed in the fire. Wow. How I many know that sounds rough? Well, it would be rough if you hadn't been told. How many, how many told your kids? If you do that, you will get in trouble. Were you telling them that to be mean? No. You, you told them, hey, don't do that. Don't do that. If you do that, there will be consequences. And so then they did it. And if you're a good parent, you followed through with the consequences. Amen? But you didn't do it to be mean. You did it so they would understand. Because most of the things we tell them not to do are for their safety and their protection and for their well-being. So when God has given us warning and he's declaring these things, it's for our safety, it's for our protection, it's for our well-being. It's so we can flourish, so we can prosper in the kingdom of God. But if he just started pruning people and throwing them in the fire, that would be unjust. But God is righteous and God is just. Are you with me? And so when it comes to being used by God, I have to be careful what I hear and know how to step out. Look at this. Growth in grace or spiritual decline may be hardly perceptible in many instances. Nevertheless, it remains true that a Christian either grows or degenerates. If you're not growing, you're degenerating. I ran into Buck and Mindy at, at Home Depot yesterday, and uh, it, it, uh, they go, Pastor, why are you still limping? I said, because during this time, my calf muscle has degenerated. 
My wife used to whistle at my legs. Now I barely get a Because <laughs> this, this cow, when it, 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 I wasn't using it. So it's weak. And so now, it, now, to get it back to strength, I have to use it. And now I have to exercise it. Because when you keep it immobile, when it just stays static, it degenerates. So in order for me, every day it gets better, but I have to exercise. I have to by reason, who by reason of you have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So you have to exercise. And then while I'm exercising, it's getting tight right now. But it needs to be getting tight means that I'm seeking something. I'm, it's evident that I'm working. And so if I'm being used by, there's evidence that something is happening. Things get tight in my life around me. But wait a minute, I'm exercising my faith. I refuse to be static. I refuse to be stagnant. I refuse to be unproductive. I refuse to only have a backwards testimony instead of a forward faith. Are you with me this morning? So important that we understand that. Why? Because the Christian life, again, is never Static. Put it in there again. There must be a continual leap of faith connected to my relationship and walk with the Lord. For me, I can go back and say, hey, you know what? We started out in 1981, so this year is 35 years, and I've done great things for God. And then I think, okay, that's cool. I can coast now. Amen. But then I get around Don Hall, and Don Hall been in ministry longer than I've been alive. And he's still going strong for the Lord. He's retired, but he's still going down and helping churches and indigenous churches and stuff. Reaching out, mentoring and and, and laboring with pastors, co-laboring with pastors. Why? Because you never get a date where static sets in. You keep going for God. Are you with me? Now watch that. Which is why... So there must be a continual leap of faith connected to my relationship and walked with the Lord, which is why Jesus gave the principle of the vine and the branches to his disciples. The question that proceeds from the parable is this. Is the father looking for branches or fruit? See, he's not content just to have a vine with a bunch of branches on it. The branches are no good without fruit. It's not good for us just to have a church with a bunch of people in it if we're not bearing kingdom increase. Doing all right? There has to be fruit and harvest connected to our lives. Years ago, there was a gentleman, and he would brag to me all the time that everywhere he went, he was praying with people and leading them to the Lord. And I said, well, where are you leaving them? Where I prayed for them. I said, well, how do they know how to walk with God? I don't know, but bless God, I led them to the Lord. I said, wonderful. Who's going to disciple them? Because in 15 minutes, the devil's going to come steal the word that was sown in their heart. Do you understand that? But to, to, and so it was good to go around because he could notch his spiritual six gun that he was leading everybody to the Lord. But none of the people he led to the Lord ever ended up in the church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus didn't say, go make converts. He said, go make disciples. And to make a disciple, it means that not only do I pray for the person, but now I say, brother, I'm here for you. I'm going I'm to walk with you. I want to see you rooted. I want to see you grounded. God's will for your life is that you increase and that you multiply and that you be plugged into the vine and that you know how to abide in the vine. So I'm here for you. Amen. That takes commitment. Yep. That takes a leap of faith. Yeah. Do you understand that? 
But if we begin to do that, then you reach that person, and then he goes, hey, I could do that with somebody else. And then they connect with somebody else. And that's how the church went. One person with one person with one person. And if you notice, when you read the book of Acts, the church multiplied through homes, not through buildings, through homes, homes, homes. Those people got saved, and then they invited friends into their home, and then they started sharing, and, and then they could get together all the time in their home, and they could talk about the Lord. They could pray with one another. Are we doing all right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Watch this. So God's will for every life is a continual flow of kingdom increase through their lives, flow that comes from being connected and which always requires a leap of faith. To live for God always requires a leap of faith. What are you going to do? It will always be something that believes in the provision of heaven, the provision of God flowing through you. So uh, get the picture. The Father, Jesus gave it. The Father, Jesus, and you. And in that picture, the Father checks up on how you and I are doing in Christ. And it is, it is and unless I'm missing something here, I could be missing something. But it sounds like either this happens, either there is fruit, or I hear a click-click noise. Amen? I had a pastor friend, and he was always telling me, I pastored a church back in da-da-da-da-da, and and it went really good. But every time you talked to him, his only testimony was backwards. Do you understand that? We need to have a faith that is forward, not just a testimony that is backwards. Are you doing all right? The leap of faith is always looking forward. So that's why I go, God, I've been doing this all these years. There's no way I should be going, we got a great church. We got a good facility. We got to do all this. We got young people coming up. Glory to God. I am in cruisomatic mode. Not unless I want to hear snip, snip, snip. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The last time I heard snip, 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 I was no longer able to produce. <laughs> Amen. That was God-ordained, but I don't want the heaven one. Glory to God. You get it. You get it. How I? That's right. Now, wait a minute. See, the trouble is we don't talk as straight as we should in church. Too many Christians have had spiritual vasectomies and had their tube tied. And you were ordained to birth life, not to be barren. You were ordained to birth life, never to be barren. Do you understand that? And the kingdom has to flow through. You have to conceive and bear fruit. Conceive. Faith is a womb on the inside of you. And you conceive the word and, and it grows into full formation. And then it births out of you. Glory to God. So stay with me. He's designed every person to have significance in his kingdom. To bring increase into his body. Think about it. 
to be a vital part in the fabric of the structure of his church, his dwelling place. He calls us to the leap of faith, believing we can be used by God and bring increase into his kingdom. The tabernacle was built by those who had specific skill. And through the giving of the people, God's house of worship has always been financed, furnished, built, functioned, and functioned through the generosity and skills of God's people. Those who take the leap of faith to be used by God. Look at there in, 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 your, in, in your outline, Exodus 25. The word of the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, now let me just say this. I want to be used by God. Well, you have to be brave enough to speak the word of the Lord. Not what people want to hear, but the word of the Lord. Are you with me? Declare the word of the Lord. Now look what the Lord said. Look, God says, hey, I'm going to build a church. I'm going to build a tabernacle, and this is what I want. And you guys, this, you guys are going to worship me, and, and you're going to do it here. And this is the place you're going to do it in. And he says, now tell the people what they're going to do. And they're going to have a part in it. They're going to build this house of worship for me. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. Now, let me just say this. Everything connected to God, what releases this flow and gets it, there will always be giving connected to it. Okay? Always. Anything you're going to do for God is going to be an act of giving. It takes your time. There's things you have to give up. There's things you have to let go. There's things that giving is a part of. Giving of your time. Giving of your resource. Giving of your talent. Giving. But if you sow, that's the law of sowing and reaping. Are you with me? And so in that, we go for that. So why? Bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my. So God didn't restrain. He said, this one do. He said, hey, anybody want to be connected? Anybody want to join in? Anybody want to be a part? And he invited people in to be used by him in building his tabernacle. So I And look what he asked for. In this offering which you shall take from them, gold, silver, bronze, blue, purple. How many know God's not asking for 50 cents? Amen? He's asking for these things. So look. Blue, purple, scarlet, thread, fine linens, and goat's hair, ram skins, dyed, badger skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices, and for the anointing on, for the sweet incense, onyx stones, and stones to be set in the ephod, in the breastplate. And let them make me a saint. Let them make me a saint. Get this. If, if you can't, underline that in your sanctuary because it's coming up real quick for us. Let them make me a sanctuary that I, may d- watch it, that I may dwell among them according to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of its furnishing. So shall you make it. And if you go to Exodus 31, you can read that he gets all these skilled people. They have these mad skills for building and for fashioning things. And he calls them together and they use their talents and their gift and they make this sanctuary for God. And then when it's built, they built this glorious tabernacle. Bye, Vine. They built this glorious tabernacle out there. And, and so here it is. They built this great tabernacle. And, and, and it's got an outer court. And then inside it's got the Holy of Holies. And you get in here. And you got the outer court, the brazen lever, the brazen altar. And then you get in here. You got a table of showbread, a lampstand, and a golden altar of incense. And then in here you got the Ark of the Covenant. And they get this whole thing built. Are you with me? You get it all built. And then what happened? The glory of God. God's glory. The people build this thing. God says, hey, build this for me. And those who are willing to be used by God, they they build this this little tent structure. They build this glorious thing, and it's all built. And then the glory of God 
comes down in that play. And they see the, the fire and they see the cloud. And then God leads them and God speaks to them out of the temple. Look at this. Today God's house still functions and flourishes because of the generosity of God's people who willingly choose to be assembled together to form the place God inhabits by His Spirit. Here, God said, hey, build me a physical temple. But today, God is building a spiritual temple. Amen. Now, let me say this to you. Spirit, the spiritual is more real than the natural. Because anything natural, the Bible said, Paul said, everything is temporal and subject to change. It has a space in time, and that is it. Young people rejoice. You are young for a time. And then you wake up and you realize you're talking about 35 years ago. Amen, you're talking about, it just happens fast because everything's subject to change in its time. So it's, it, it, it's only real in its moment. Do you understand? It's only real in his mind. But what is spiritual is eternal. It's not connected to time. So that house was temporal. But you and I are building an eternal house for God. It doesn't fade away. It keeps going on. Hallelujah. Watch this. So, watch this. That he, through the generosity of his people, who are willing to choose to be assembled together to form a place God inhabits by his spirit. Look at this next passage. In Ephesians. Therefore you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, and aliens excluded from the rights of citizens. You are now share, you now share citizenship with the saints, God's own people, consecrated, set apart for himself. And you belong to God's what? Own household. Now watch, you are built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Okay, I gotta go fast. Okay? So now we have this glorious temple. Okay? Here we are. See the church, see the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. There you go. Okay? So we got this. And then it's built on Jesus being the chief cornerstone, and then the apostles and prophets are the foundation, the word of God. Okay, are there? They're the foundation of the uh, of the of the temple, and then you and I, we're the building, we're the rafters, we're the plywood, we're the shingles. Okay, we're all the little things up here. Somebody is the ding dong and the bell and the steeple. <laughs> that's my part. I'm the ding dong in the steeple. Amen. So, uh, that's all right. At least I'm making a joyful noise for the Lord. Amen. I'd rather be a ding dong in the house of God than anything else. Amen. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Somebody's just a hinges. Bless God, hinges. The door may be great, but it ain't swinging on nothing without a couple of hinges. Amen? That's what they say. Dude, you may be the head, but the wife is the neck that turns the head. That's right. <laughs> Amen. So what? You're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus being in chief corner. In whom? The structure is found, is joined. Watch this. Bound, welded together harmoniously. Not floating pieces, but 
We come to Christ and now we're welded together. Watch this. Are you getting this this morning? Together harmoniously and it continues to rise, to grow, increase into a holy temple in the Lord. Why? A sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, and sacred to the presence of the Lord. What does that mean? That this, that God's glory fills this place. But it's not a physical place. This is a spiritual house. But it's made up of you and me. And that's why no matter where you go, we'll go to Haiti and you'll get in a little poor community. They won't have anything. And you'll get in there and they'll gather in a little hut or or they'll gather in a little place. But the people that gather there, the glory of God will fill that because there's a spiritual house assembled there. You go to the underground church in China and you get in there where it's just a hut and a mud floor and one little light bulb hanging down and God's glory will fill that place because it's not physical, it's spiritual. And when people allow themselves to be used by God, and fashioned and framed into this house we create this glorious temple but it takes more than just coming and sitting this is not assembling until I'm fit in the house until I have a place of purpose I remember 1 Corinthians 12 it says and God set in the church and we are members, 1 Corinthians 12 says, we are members in particular of the body. Are you with me? Which means that God has a purpose of significance assigned to every one of your lives. And it's connected to the harvest of his kingdom. Am I helping anybody this morning? And when I understand that, church moves away from a spectator sport. And it really doesn't matter Who's speaking? Because see, the pressure has been on the speaker to entertain the crowd. And if the speaker is entertaining enough, I will go hear the speaker entertain me again. But the speaker's not to entertain, he's supposed to propel. Jesus didn't entertain his disciples, he propelled them into the harvest. Amen? Hallelujah. The one time Paul tried to be entertaining, they came to him and said, hey, preacher, that's good. We'll hear you again about this. And Paul said, forget that. I'm going to go where the word will work. Bill, if you'll come back to the keyboard, please. Let me ask you that. So if everything God has put in our lives is for the purpose of increase and multiplication, as declared in Genesis 1, be fruitful, multiply, prosper, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge then we must be willing to take the leap of faith for increase and multiplication. As your pastor, I can't wait. I do not want to hand over. I know I don't have a lot of years left to be the senior pastor here, but I got a good, good set of years left. Amen. And, and when it's time to pass the baton to the next generation, I don't want to hand over something that's static. Amen. I'm telling you, we've had a good run in this building. But, but, but every time I go outside and think about buying this building, I talk to the gentleman in the back back there, and then I think about, well, I can only, we can only do so much here. We're limited by what we can do and everything else. But then if you go and look at the building, this building is falling apart. I love our landlord, been great, but he's done nothing to the building. So I talked to the gentleman who has a construction company, builds metal building. I said, Jacob, what would you do? He said, well, he said, the first thing I'd do is, is 
strip everything off the outside and reskin and re-roof the whole building. I said, how much are you talking about? I said, maybe $500,000. I said, dude, you just made it unprofitable. <laughs> so, so to re- remodel an old thing, this is not a fixer-upper. We fixed it upper in enough enough. <laughs> we have almost $200,000 invested in this building. Yeah, we're going to have a nice kitchen. We'll have, you know, about $15,000 in that kitchen when we're all done. That's nice. And, and we'll use it till we go. Bless God, when we go, I'm taking most of it with me. Amen. Amen. If it's portable, it's gone. You can have the walls, glory to God. Prayer walls going with it. It's going with everything going. Amen. <laughs> I paid for it all, glory to God. So, but, but what I'm saying is, is that we can't just stop and be static. And you, you can't allow yourself to become content. And what I'm, I started out, we spent three weeks fasting and praying and seeking God. Let me ask you as your pastor, what did you set for your goal as spiritual fruit in your life? It, it, it only, what if, what's this? What if it was just one soul? You know what? Soul winning can happen in so many different ways. But it happens first with just saying, God, I want to be used, taking the leap of faith to be used by God. Now watch, right here. I have a couple hundred people here this morning. So what happened if everybody just won one person this year? Think of it, just one. I don't have to go deep, but just one. That would be 200 people who missed hell and made heaven. Made heaven. Made heaven. And the Bible, Jesus said, hey, he looked out over the people. He kept trying to lift his disciples' eyes up to the harvest. He said, look out, look, look, look. The fields are ripe. Pray the Lord of the harvest to, listen to what Jesus said. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send labors. And our prayers are to send labor. God, send labors out. And it's not just for us enough to pray to send them out. It's for us for the volunteer to be one. I mean, know what I'm saying? Dare to be used by God. To believe that God would use you to touch one life. And then to disciple that life. To see them get connected. And find their place in God's house, to be a part of building the place that he inhabits with his glory. Let me close with this. What does that look like? See, there has to be that corresponding action of faith in our life. For our church, if we are truly alive, we're going to be growing. Growing in new lives, new converts, new disciples, new ministries, new outreach, new miracles, new breakthroughs. It requires answering the call and taking the leap of faith to be used by God in ministry one to another, in evangelism, in spiritual gifts. Put that one up, Donnie, the one on evangelism and spiritual gifts. Just down about two from there. There you go. There you go. Thank you. And it means creating a building that is the dwelling place of God. Think about that. When we come together. You know what the devil hates? Sean said it. He uses the word of God to get you out. But when we come together, this isn't the church. We can take what's in here. We can take us and we can go anywhere and have church. We be, we be the church. Amen?
So what does that look like? You know, we did the kitchen over there and doing it. This has been one of the funnest projects we've had. We've done a lot of projects around here, but this has been the funnest. This week's been amazing. People have showed up with different skills in different areas, just like building the tabernacle. This week, we showed up Monday, and people showed up, boom, in, in like three hours. It was bare. Oh, man, that's amazing. And then Tuesday, we showed up, and boom, everything's opened up, and we're ready to, to run stuff and do that. And then Wednesday, boom, all new electrical circuits are in. Boom, gas lines are in for the stove. Boom, this is a, oh, that's awesome. Thursday, we showed up, closed it all up, and this is awesome. Friday, we showed up, put the new floor down, go, this is amazing. And we're ready. And then tomorrow, we're going to be ready to do the sheetrock and the texturing on that. And then Tuesday, get day, let it dry. And then we can paint. And on Friday, we'll put the gas. This is amazing. But look at what it took. It took all these people. It didn't just happen. They were plumber, electrician, carpenter. People did concrete, sheetrock, painting, labor, help. The cabinets, the granite. Ah! <laughs> Why? Now watch this. All so others can be blessed. Right, amen. amen. I said in first service, Richard is an amazing plumber, but we're not letting him cook. <laughs> Amen. He's my friend. Richard, my friend. We had a blast. We haven't built anything since we built the Lord's. It's been 10 years since we built anything together. Amen. He got out of there without getting a scab on his head. It's a miracle of God. Amen. It's awesome. Amen. But see, look at that happened. See, to build a physical house, you have to go to the supply yard and get the materials. To build a physical house, you go to Home Depot, you go to Diamond, you go get the raw material, and then you put them together. But to build a spiritual house, the church, we have to go to the harvest field and bring in the resources which are in raw form and disciple them into perfectly fit pieces in his house. And that requires each person taking the leap of faith. Come on, I'm, I'm just challenging you this year. Let's take a leap of faith together. Come on, believe. Years ago, Zig Ziglar took a biblical phrase and, and he rephrased it. You know what he said? He taught business and taught success. He said, you can get everything you want by first making sure other people get what they want. He took what Jesus said when Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The increase that flows out of being used by God will make sure that you don't lose any. Jesus isn't going to just flow through you to produce a harvest. God is not a user. Do you get that? God is, that isn't what Hebrews said. God is not a user. He is a rewarder. He is a rewarder. And when my diligence goes after him to be used by God, you live in the reward of God. The halls could give us testimonies of the reward of God, how God is faithful and what he's done. But something happened. Something changes in your life and your walk with God when you let him use you to reach somebody. When his life flows through you and reaches someone, it changes you. It's amazing. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? There might be one person who came here today. And you know what? Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, you know what? I don't know Christ as my Savior. I'm here and I'm listening to all.